The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Thank you, Father. Again, we declare that you get the glory, you get the praise, you take the honor. We just want to say thank you for all you are to us, all you've done for us, all you're doing right now. Thank you for the privilege of this day. And thank you for the opportunities that you present to us this day and the grace and the empowerment and the enablement you give us to see and to seize these opportunities. We appreciate you one more time. We celebrate you. We praise you. We thank you. We glorify you, O oh God, for blessing our going out and our coming in. Blessing us while we are out and when we are in. And we thank you again that we have this opportunity to gather at your feet, whether we are connected physically or virtually. Thank you that everyone connected to this service is connected at your feet this evening, where we can learn, where we can be refreshed, where we can be anointed again, where we can be empowered again, and where our lives can move to the next level. And so we invite you to have your way in our midst and in our lives tonight again. Send your word to us. Touch us one and all. Let no one go back the same way they came. Have your way, O oh God. And indeed, be glorified in our lives and in our midst. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the people of God shouted a loud amen. And someone that is glad to be in church this evening shouted a louder amen. All right, welcome a neighbor if you can. You can be seated in God's presence. I trust your day and your week has been going well. Um, and I trust you've been enjoying the goodness of God. You're also well, those of you joining us online, you're welcome. It's good to have you with us here tonight. Glory, glory be to God. Can I hear somebody declare God is a good God? And is good to me all the time. Even right now. Praise God forevermore. Say it once again, Father, I thank you. You are a good God. You are good to me all the time. Even right now. Pastor Chase. You are sneaking into our service. <laughs> you are welcome. Come, please. Come and occupy your seat in the front. Yeah, you are most welcome. I think this is a very good sign that tonight is going to be a wonderful night. When one of our senior pastors comes, please let's make Pastor Aches welcome. Our senior pastor in Kingsford, Okwaba. I hope you came with glad tidings. Praise God. <laughs> All right. I want to continue where we left off on Sunday. Um, we started talking about, or oh well, we continued really, like we said, this month we are focusing on the works of our hands, and last Sunday was Mother Sunday, and I started talking to us about this recurring theme that it had just been going on and on in um, the different services we've had for about two, three weeks now. Um, the subject of identity. Glory be to God. And that's such a vast and wide subject. There are many ways you can look at that. But we are focusing on um, mainly how you see yourself. 
how you see yourself. Um, because last Sunday we were spotlighting mothers and women, we moved a bit in the direction of women and stressed the importance that as a mother or as a woman, you, you can't afford to allow how society labels women to define how you see yourself or to limit how you see yourself. And of course, specifically, we looked into the story of Mary, how God had a different image of her um, and ultimately a different identity for her. She could never in her wildest dreams have woken up that morning to expect that she would be the mother of God or the mother of Jesus. I mean, no matter how much Bible study she had done, <laughs> or how many preachers she had, um, it's very possible she had seen the prophecy that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a child. Most likely, let's grant her that. But for her to have had that image of herself, that I'm the virgin that they are talking about, she couldn't. But then a word came, an angel came and delivered it to her, and she made a switch. And we said that's how all of us must be. Yes, your own vision from God or your own um, destination from God may not be as radical or as dynamic as that, that you are the one that is going to give birth to, to Christ, the virgin that will give birth to a child. But the important thing is for you to know that God also has a plan for your life. And we learned from the story of Mary, and I just want to go on from there. Um, go with me. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8 tonight and pick it up from there um, because I want to talk about something. So we, we, we looked at how Mary um, was able to move from getting that image or that identity and even something as radical as that, that you are going to give that to, to Christ and to actually becoming it. We said that's a challenge many people have. Well, that's really where we focus on that. It's not enough to just have an image or to know your identity. Many people, particularly if you've been, been in church for any reasonable period of time, you will have learned certain things about the image or the identity God has for you, that you're supposed to be rich. Just using basic things. You're supposed to be prosperous. You're supposed to be blessed. You're supposed to be healthy. Talk less of now the specific that I want you to be the mother of Christ, that kind of thing. But those general things. But you can close your eyes now and see that image of God for you. And yeah, I see it. I'm healed. I'm healthy. I'm prosperous. And you open your eyes and you are broke. There are symptoms of sickness in your body. And the real challenge now is how do you deal with the gap? Okay, that's the image God has for me. This is the identity God has for me. I can see it. The first thing is to be able to see it. So vital. So, so vital. You, you have to know that this is the identity or the image. As a new creation, as a child of God, this is what God wants for you. It may not be your experience yet. And there may be a gap but how do you now make that gap? And that's, what, that's the next thing Mary asked um, Angel Gabriel. How can it be? How am I going to be the virgin that gives birth to a child? And we looked at three powerful things he told her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Very, very important. We're going to go deeper in that. And then he said the power of the highest will overshadow you. So you, you, you've got to learn to walk and acknowledge the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do this thing without the Holy Spirit. I want to say that again. I don't know if I emphasize that well enough here on Sunday. You are not 
going to be that image that God has for you in its fullness. Become that person. Arrive at that place. Fill that gap without the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, so important. We're going to pray a very brief prayer before I even go into my main teaching tonight. In fact, the way God taught me about that, if you pray this prayer more often, this is what he told me, is like you, you can always change the atmosphere around you. If you, we're going to do a short prayer now. You can always change the atmosphere around you. But not just must the Holy Spirit come upon you. He said, and the power of the highest. You must walk in the power of God. And that's really where I want to go into tonight. Because I think the average Pentecostal Christians, he has one interesting image. Don't let me use the word for you. Of what when we say power. Because some people say, ah, he's raising the dead. Is um, feeding 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And you are correct. It's just that you are not complete. And quite honestly, for your day-to-day life, it's not the power to raise the dead that you need to be functioning in your life. It's the same power, but you are not going to leave here and go and looking for dead people to raise. No matter how much we charge you up and fire, or even if you do it, you come and preach one serious resurrection sermon. You are not going to be doing that, except that's your job. <laughs> Whose job is that? I'm going to go into mug, mortuary, mortuary, raising the dead. And then, I guess, if you decide that that wants to be your job. But that's not what most of us do. And that same power that can raise the dead, that raise Christ Jesus, we now need to know how to walk in that power for our jobs. For our families. And believers, that's really where I want to go to tonight. So let's, let's map our way there. Praise God. Romans, where did I say eight? Romans chapter eight. Please, so, so important. I want to establish that we're going to pray this prayer. And interestingly, I think we studied this scripture a few weeks ago. For whom he foreknew, he predestined, this is so beautiful, to be conformed to the image of his son. Hallelujah. Let me quickly read the whole thing and then we'll come back because that's what I want to look at. We are still talking about image and identity. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, then he called... Um, whom he called, these he justified, and whom he justified, these he also what? Glorified. Only two or three of you are here with us. These he also what? All right. Thank you for your compliance. (laughs) Praise God. So this is beautiful because all of us have different goals, um, different images that God may have planted in our hearts. Remember what we said last Sunday as we were finishing the service. If you have caught an image from God, that thing that you have seen, that thing that it is real. Whatever God has shown you about your future, the image, oh, you are going to be this great apostle. You are going to be this successful businessman. You are going to own your own bank. You are going to have a woman. You are going to be the, I don't know if, is there any Nigerian woman that owns a bank? Oh, you, that image, if it's, it's real, there may be a very, in fact, some people it's not gulp, it's golf. In fact, <laughs> golf is even an understatement. You, you, how you are going to, but it's real. And that's how Mary felt. When she, how, how, how am I even going to have a child? I have not known a man. I mean, she was even coming from that place. I, I don't think she had processed in detail what you are going to give back to, to the Christ. But that formula he gave her, which we talked about on Sunday, that's what we must learn to follow. And everybody can do that. Can I hear a loud amen? 
But watch this. Even though we all have different goals in life, different images or different quote and unquote um, identities that God has shown us that this is where you're going to be, there's still a common thread about all of it. It's all that at the end of the day, we will be conformed to the image of it. So we will be like Christ. Can I hear a loud amen? Oh, you're going to be this wonderful mother. You be a mother that is conformed to the image of Christ. You're going to be a great apostle. Be an apostle that is conformed to the image. May you not be an apostle that is not conformed to the image of Christ. You're going to be this great businessman. And through your conglomerate of businesses, you're going to touch so many lives. Be one that is conformed to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. And God was telling me that one challenge many Christians have is where they are going, the, the, the direction or the image or the goal you are trying to accomplish, and the one God has for you, if there's one thing we can all settle, is that whatever image or identity God has planted in your heart, and I'm not talking about space, I hope you are following what I'm saying. I'm not going too fast. I'm as taking a lot of liberty that a lot of what I'm saying, you have some foundational... Are you following my discourse tonight? Like I said, I'm picking up from where we left off on Sunday. So, the general things notwithstanding, whatever it is, that specific image or identity for Mary, it was that she would be the mother of Christ. And she was the only person that God gave that assignment. And that God had that image of her. Blessed are you among women. You are highly favored, um, Gabriel told her. Why? God has picked you among all the women, among all the virgins in Israel. God favored and chose you. And this is, this is what God is saying about you. You, may, you, are going to give, you are going to mother him. Jesus died at 33 years. 33 and a half years after she was still there with him. God had that image of her. That was the identity God had about her. And I'm telling you, whatever it is that God has shown you or God has for you, this is one thing you can be clear about. It's ultimately so that you can be conformed to the image of Christ. If you are still with me, say, Pastor, I'm here. Praise God. And remember what I said. Mary said, how is it going to happen? Gabriel told her, you're going to do it by the help of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. So this is the prayer I want us to pray. Just where you are seated and if you are watching at home, pray with us. Say the, just simple prayer. And I'm sure you probably have prayed it before. And I know I've prayed it several times. And, I, and God just brought it to my memory again today while I pray for service. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I want to be more and more like you. It's a two-part prayer. You're going to pray concerning Jesus. Because that, 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 that is where God is taking you to at the end of the day. To be conformed to the image of Christ. And God said, the problem I have with many people is where they are going. I mean, some of them even think they are following my plan for their life in the pursuits they have in life, whether it's concerning their ministry or their career or their marriage or whatever it is you are pursuing. But the problem is that that track you are going, you are not, is not conformed to Christ. And this is where a lot of the tension and the difficulties and even the failures we fail in life can come out from because where you are going is not where God has planned for you. Imagine Mary. I mean, I said she was there 33 years after. 
when Jesus died, and probably the rest of her days. Imagine by year 10. She said, nah, I'm not doing this mother of Christ anymore. The wala is too much. The pain is too much. And I mean, the Bible told us that her heart was beating, torn. She, she, it was difficult. It wasn't a bed of roses. So we need to make sure in our work with life, we are, we are on that path where, we, I, I, are you still with me tonight? We are still going on that journey where we are conformed to the image of Christ. Whatever it is we are pursuing. Industry, ministry, sports, entertainment, your career, your personal life, your marriage. May you be a wife that will be conformed to the image of Christ. And may you be a husband that will be conformed to the image of Christ. If you are there, you can be rest assured you are still walking in line with that identity and that image that God has for you. I remember what we said. It's so vital to your succeeding in life. Knowing yourself in Christ Jesus and how to become. Pastor Jimmy talked about that it's a process. The process of becoming that person that God has ordained for you to be. So one part is Lord Jesus, I want to be more and more like you. Second part is Holy Spirit, I want to be closer and closer to you. Because he's the one that is going to take you on that journey. Hallelujah. He will be your strengthener on that journey. He will be your comforter on that journey. He will be your advocate on that journey. He will be your standby. Where you come to a challenge that knocks you out flat on your back, the Holy Ghost will be the standby that will carry you up on your feet again. On that journey to make up that gap between where you are and where that image and identity is. Are you with me tonight? Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus. And I want you to mean every word and pray it from your heart. Listen, God told me this thing can change the atmosphere around you in a moment. It's a prayer of alignment. This is something you can always stop. I'm breaking the prayer because things just keep coming. We'll pray, but I want you to understand why it's so important. Because if you are going in a direction where ultimately you will not be conformed to the image of Christ, because there's one image or identity you are following, and you know the devil is very cunning and very tricky. So you can make it look as if what you are doing is like God, but really it's not. It has a form of godliness, but it denies the power thereof. And if you are not doing it with the help of the Holy Ghost, it will be vain and frustrating at the end of the day. Come on, let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to be more and more like you. Holy Spirit, I want to be closer and closer to you every day of my life. Let's pray it one more time and then we'll pray in the Spirit. Say, Lord Jesus, Come on, lift your voice and say it. Lord Jesus, I want to be more and more like you. Conform to your image. Holy Spirit, my comforter on this journey. My helper on this journey. I want to be closer and closer to you. In the name of Jesus. Just take a minute and pray that prayer. And as you are praying it, just roll it over your heart again. I want to be more and more like you, Lord Jesus closer and closer to you 
Holy Spirit, more and more, more and more. I told you on Sunday, if you want the Holy Ghost to come upon you, all you need to do is just to ask. Holy Spirit, I want to be closer and closer to you. You pray that kind of prayer, he will anoint you afresh. He will empower you afresh. He will get more involved in your affair afresh. I want to be closer and closer, closer today than I was yesterday because I know you are the one that can guide me through this journey in the, in the fulfillment of the person that God has ordained for me to be. More and more like you, Lord Jesus. Closer and closer to you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just a few more seconds. Even those of you streaming live at home, pray with us. Closer and closer. You can reset the atmosphere in your home and in your life with this simple prayer. You can reset the atmosphere on your job, your business, your career, your marriage, that project you are pursuing. If you are doing it with the help of the Holy Ghost, if you are doing it in conformity to the image of Christ, you are definitely on the right path. More and more like you, Lord Jesus. Closer and closer to you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. You know, this is one thing we can always be certain of when we think about the Holy Spirit. And we need to be thinking about the Holy Spirit a lot more than we are doing. A lot more. If you really understand what I'm telling you tonight, what I'm saying is that as a believer, you will fail or you will struggle in life if you don't do it like Gabriel told Mary to do it. And I'm talking to someone that has already seen a vision. You've, you've been granted an image or you've embraced an identity that God has ordained for you like Mary did. Different between Mary and Zechariah is that Mary embraced the vision or the identity. I'm going to give back to Christ. Zechariah was struggling with it. I'm not going to have a child at this age. That's not the identity <laughs> that I have for myself. And he had to struggle with dumbness until John the Baptist was born. <laughs> May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. The more we stray from this path of the image that God has for us, the identity God, the more difficult life is, the more we embrace it, the easier. I'm not saying there will be no challenges. But we are on the right, oh, there's nothing like being on the right path. No matter how long or how far the journey is. No matter how big the gulf is. It's nothing like you're on the right path. You are closer with the next step you took from the last step you, you took. And we do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. If you got that, shout a loud amen. amen. Praise God, praise God. So what I want to delve in tonight is the second part of what is said. Maybe we should read that Luke chapter 1 again. Let's, let's look at what Gabriel told Mary. Um, again, Luke chapter 1. How is it going to happen? How shall these things be? I, I can see the image 
Okay, I've seen what God has told me, world number one pastor, world number one businessman, world number one husband, world number one wife. I'm going to be successful in politics in this nation. I'm going to be a great person in the entertainment industry. Okay, you've, you've embraced that image. You now open your eyes and first scarcity is on the horizon again. And there's a gap. How is it going to be? That, that's the question. The question Mary asks is the question, quite honestly, all of us are trying to answer every day of our lives. It's a gap. So he, he told that again, glory be to God. Um, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This, this is what we are looking at. And we brought out three things from that statement. The first one was the Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, you are going to be operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, that should be a day-to-day -day thing. Holy Spirit, I want to be closer to you. You're not going to do this by yourself. But not just that. And, and this is where I want to drill down on tonight, the power of the highest. So not only am I going to have the influence of the Holy Spirit, and part of that influence is the power of God. We're not trying to split hairs here unnecessarily. Part of the influence the Holy Ghost will bring into your life is it will empower you supernaturally. But specifically here, he could have said, and the wisdom of God will overshadow you. And that would have been perfectly all right. And the wisdom of God is also part of the influence of the Holy Spirit. He could even have said, and the grace of God, or the favor of God, or the help. He could have said anything else. But specifically, he mentioned the power of the highest will overshadow you. important. And like I said on Sunday, and I've shared from this text several, what is emphasized to us is that you are going to have to walk in the power of God. That means that journey that Mary took, please hear me and hear me very carefully, from being that virgin girl that got that vision, got that image, embraced that identity on that day, till the Mary we saw that gave birth to Jesus and followed him all his ministry in his life and his, his death, she did it by the oppression of God's power. She fulfilled that vision, that conformity to the image of Christ. She fulfilled it by the power of God. And that's what you need. That's what I need. And we don't have any account in scripture that Mary was an apostle. We don't even have any account scripture that she, she preached any sermon or she pastored any church. And this is so important, particularly for the average member of the body of Christ. When we are talking about walking in the power of God, we are not only referring to raising the dead or preaching a sermon or running a church or doing ministry. No. In the context of what we are discussing, we are talking about you living the life that God has called you and ordained you to live. Conforming to the image that God has for you, the plan God has for you, regardless of the obstacles or challenges that will come your way. And they are there. They are there. But thank God, the power of God is stronger. The power of God is greater. So she walked in God's power. The, the, the power of God, the language that overshadowed her, that's just um, Christianism for saying you're going to walk in power. You're going to walk in power. And I say this to every believer again, you ought to be walking in power. 
If I remember the last time I thought along this line, I asked it, God told me to turn the question the other way. I'm going to turn it again the other way. If you are not walking in power, why? No, ask yourself as a Christian, if you, you, if, if you can assess your life now, am I walking in divine power? And you should ask yourself, why am I not walking in divine power? Because you are supposed to walk in divine power. The power of God is supposed to overshadow you on your job, concerning your ministry, concerning your marriage, your relationships, your finances, concerning your health. I, I like sharing these testimonies and these stories every time we do, just to create transparency and to show people how easy it is. I had to go to the hospital last week ago. There was something I saw in my body and my own MO is, I mean, even medicine, when they tell you take after two or three days, if after two or three days symptoms have not disappeared, what did they tell you to do? Consult your doctor. So the first time I saw the symptom, I mean, my normal style, by the stri I laid hands on it by stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And I fully expected the thing to go two or three days after. And one week after, lo and behold, it looked as if there was some slight progress, but so I went to see the doctor. And I went in faith. I mean, I, I thought I knew what it was and what they were going to say, but I, whatever, they, I was, God, I'm going in faith. Now, it was just a normal, simple thing. But I, I, I went in faith. And by the way, that's one, one of the ways you walk in God's power. In faith. That's how you walk in God's power. It wasn't that we had to do a crusade. No, we are talking about using the power of God to run your day-to-day -day life so that the image that God has written, I, I know my image is by the stripes of Jesus I am healed from the crown of my head to the stops, um, sole of my feet and the tips of my feet. And every time symptoms of sickness come, I lay hold on that image or that identity and I know that to really activate it, I must walk in power. Now, don't go to the extreme that because you walk in power, you will not use medicine. I think with the body of Christ, we've grown out of that nonsense. Am I right or am I right? I mean, anyway, you know. So I'm telling you, I went to the doctor. And the doctor told me, oh, no, it's nothing. It's just this. And he gave me medication. And I used the medication. But while I was using it, but I'm, I'm not, my faith is not in the medication. My faith is not in the doctor. My faith is in Jesus, in the word of God. And that does not mean I don't have to see a doctor. I don't have to use, no. That's just 200-year-old ignorance. I, I said this on Sunday, that even when we read scriptures, these scriptures were written hundreds and thousands of years ago. And the kind of examples they were given, that we have to bring it to modern day. So maybe some believers 200 years ago thought they didn't need to see a doctor. No, you are living in 2021. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, sorry, 2022. Okay, we finished 2021. What? So you are reading your Bible, we are reading about the Proverbs that one woman, and there was nothing like banker there. You, we saw merchant ships and fields, and you now make up your mind, you, you, you that you, you've never left Lagos before, you now want to go and buy a farm. No! You use, you don't say, ah, this is the image I saw. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody shout, I'm walking in power. How do you do that? And there are, there are many ways. 
I mean, this something I teach on, but God just told me to drill on it again. Let me quickly remind us again, Ephesians, where I'm going to tonight is Ephesians 6. So let's open there, Ephesians 6. And if you know your Bible, you will know where we are going. At least you understand the message in Ephesians 6. But remember what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1. So very important. I don't want to open there because of time. He said that you might know from verse, that Pauline prayer in Ephesians 1. If you read it from, is it verse 16 or 17? Please, watch the part where he talked about the power of God, watch what he said. Please hear me very carefully. You might know the exceeding greatness of God's power. I say to us again, is one power God has. We use the example of electricity. We don't have 10 different kinds of electricity. We may have 10 different kinds of equipment, but it's the same electricity that is powering the AC, that is powering the sound system, that is powering the screen. It's just expressing its power through those devices in different ways. It is the same power that you used to raise the dead, that you used to heal your body. That you might know the exceeding greatness of God's power towards us that believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I mean. So it starts, please hear me and hear me very well, and I know you know this or you should know this, but it's worth hearing it again. It starts with knowledge. You should know you have power. You should know. And it's a knowledge by revelation. Again, by the Holy Spirit. How are you going to do it? The Holy Ghost will come upon you. And one of the things the Holy Ghost will help you to know is that you are full of power. We are a chosen generation walking in. It's in all our songs. It's in all over the scriptures. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in victory. You should know. And I want to take this moment to tell anyone, remind everyone, encourage everyone, if you don't know you have the power that raises us from the dead and you are not consciously walking it, you are doing something wrong. You should know it and you should know how to walk in it. That's the language the Bible uses, walk it as in your day-to-day life. And it's not a complicated thing. I love the way Apostle Paul taught it here to the Ephesians. And that's what I want to look at again. And the Bible teaches it in so simple day-to-day language. And it tells us how to do it. Like Gabriel told Mary, how is it going to happen? How am I going to move from point A? I have embraced the image to the fulfillment of the image. Do these three things. It was there in the message you gave her. That's why we call them messages. That's what they are, messages. If you read the message well, you will see the steps to follow. So Paul told them how to walk in power here. Let's quickly go through it again before we are done tonight. Finally, my brethren, you should know the verse. I'm not going to give you the verse. I can't, I've done enough by telling you, you should go to Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> okay, projection people are with me. Be strong in the Lord and in what? So we are talking, I mean, all those are just synonyms. Strength, power, might is all not the same. 
if you are not walking in divine power, why? In fact, remember what Paul told Timothy? Again, these are things we've talked about a lot in church. He said, in the last days, 2 Timothy 3, that last day's chapter, he said there will be some that having a form of godliness, but what? Denying its power. And he now said, run from such people. Perhaps you should be running from certain people in church. Don't move too much, they will not talking about you. I mean, look at that message he told him. He said, anyone that doesn't acknowledge the power of God, and there he's talking about, again, I'm not talking about preacher. I'm not talking about crusade. I'm not talking about raising the dead. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm not pulling down people that do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you using the power of God to live your life. And to become that person that God has shown you. Both from the written word and from whatever he speaks to you. You find something. I mean that example of Jesus that he opened Isaiah 60. And said this is me. And this day this scripture he found what was written about him. This is the image of the Christ. That's how, that's how we should live life. And when we face things that. And we are going to face that a lot. That doesn't conform to that image. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it. And it's trying to deny what God has shown us. That's when we should now remember, wow, we need to walk in power. And we ask ourselves the questions, am I walking in God's power? So he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God. So this is how to one way to walk in the power of God. I mean, we can quickly list a few things, and I'm sure you know. I already mentioned faith earlier on in my teaching, and you will see faith in this list as well. I'm sure you know about prayer and fasting. Am I right or am I right? You should know about worship. And there are so many other things. I've done several teachings about walking in God's power. But I want to just focus on what he said here. He said, just dress. Hallelujah. Dress. Put on the armor of God. That you may be able to withhold, stand against the wiles of the enemy. And it tells us that, look, what you are fighting against, the person or the obstacles that are trying to hinder you, Mary, from fulfilling and conforming to the image that God has shown you and that you have embraced is the devil. And the forces he has put against you are demonic forces. They are not natural. Buhari is not your problem, sir. <laughs> For those that think Buhari is their problem. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a friend of Buhari and I'm not advocating for Buhari. This is just for teaching purposes, Wednesday night Bible teaching purposes. I may say something else when we are talking on the streets. <laughs> but it's so important to know that it's not flesh and blood you are dealing with. So your weapons cannot be carnal. You are not going to use air conditioner to overcome these challenges. You are not going to use money to overcome these things. All right, let's quickly go. I, I want to quickly run through this. Many times when we teach this, we don't go line by line. And I want to quickly go line by line. Please, there, there are some powerful things here. Please watch this. 
So he says you should put on the armor of God. And he lists about seven or eight things for us. So this is how you walk in power. And this is how you check if you are not walking in power, particularly when you don't feel like you're walking in power, when you don't know if you're walking in power, when the results you are getting don't look like powerful results. This is a good place to look. And it's not difficult. Please let me tell anybody it's not difficult. Glory, glory be to God. Quickly, let's do line upon line. Verse 14, stand therefore, we talk about power points, sockets, switches. So you know the generator is on, you know the power is flowing through the building, but the device you want to use, the equipment is not powered yet. So what do you do? You plug it into the socket or you turn on the switch. That's really what we do with these things. I, I need a power result. Where should I look? And what should I check that has been activated, turned on? Stand therefore with your waist, having guarded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So we, we see two things there. Number one is truth. The, the first thing you should ask yourself, am I walking, living in God's truth concerning this matter where I want to see a power result? Okay, I, I want to get some power breakthrough in my finances. It's not a complicated, difficult matter. Do I stand on the truth of God where my finances are concerned or am I believing Something I had on the radio. Said it's like your belt. I don't know whether women wear trousers that are a bit bigger than your waist, but every man here knows that if you don't use the belt to hold that trouser, it will fall down. Am I talking to you? That's how it is in the spirit. So you, you find out the truth. You, you, you have to go and see a doctor. They have told you something that is wrong in your body. The question is, are you walking in truth? And what is the truth concerning your health? Not what the doctor is saying. You ask yourself that question. What, am I walking in the truth? And you get that truth from the word of God. But notice it didn't say word of God here. It's amazing how he applies it. It's called the truth. So it's not just about knowing the scripture. It's not about, about having the reference, about having convention. It's like you, you believe the truth. God said it, I believe it. Even though these are the symptoms, even though these are the circumstances, even though this is the results, and you know this thing is a matter of choice. The truth is that by his stripes I am healed. And that's what I'm walking in. And listen, 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 look how uncomfortable it is. If you do that, you are walking in power. That's what he's telling you there. You are walking in power. And anybody can do this. Anybody can take a truth of God's word concerning their marriage, concerning their marital destiny, concerning their career, and believe what God has said as truth. And in doing that, they have activated the power of God. Glory be to God. The next thing he mentioned there is what? 
Are you still here? Yeah, you tell me the next thing he mentioned there. In verse 14. Pick it, pick it. I already quoted it. What's the next thing he mentioned there? Huh? Righteousness. <laughs> leave the breastplate out. Leave the belt part. You see, those things are clothes. And it was describing the uniform of a Roman soldier. But the next thing is righteousness. You need to know what that means. That you are in right standing with God. That you are not condemned. You are not guilty before God. And you need more details about that because I don't have time. Please, we've started announcing KTI. If you've not gone through our training, these are some of It's in that place that they can take three weeks to start teaching you details, step by step, things about righteousness. I won't be able to do that here tonight. But it suffices to say that you should know that you are always, somebody say always, in right standing with God. God is not angry with you. God is not bitter against you. God is not trying to kill you. Look at lie and truth again there. You know there are Christians that believe because they've done so. Christians, so children of God. Okay, you stole money and they now caught you. And you know we have this phrase in Nigeria, God punish you. <laughs> and you now think God is punishing me. You don't know righteousness. You don't know righteousness. Hallelujah. When you steal and they catch you, God doesn't punish you. What does God go to you? He receives you like the prodigal son. Did he punish the prodigal son when he, when he stole? Or, or, or even, I think that boy did more than stealing. When the, the guy even thought God was going to punish him, make me one of your servants. It's entered here. I don't even think it could even enter God here. It just flew by. Give him a ring, give him the clothes, give him the robe, give him the shoe, kill the fatted calf. That's not punishment. Hello? Why? That boy was still the son of his father and was in right standing. And when you walk in righteousness, consciousness before God, particularly when you have failed or when you have fallen and you've made a mistake, you are in a fight for your life, you need power of God. When you walk in righteousness, you walk in power. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Let's look at the other ones. Quickly, quickly. Verse 15. What's there? Oh yeah, you guys be picking it out for me. Let's quickly go. This one, verse 15. Having shod your feet. Uh-huh. Ah, this one is tricky. It's not just peace. It's gospel of peace. And really the emphasis here is not peace. The emphasis here is gospel. We should be involved. And it's so interesting, Dr. K mentioned this, that in this season of multiple harvests, we should prioritize preaching the gospel. This is one way we walk in divine power. That phrase here, having your feet short, so the, the, the foot or the boots of a Roman soldier, and you know they are marching, they are taking territories, they us to spread the gospel. Take new territories. When we do that, when we get involved in doing that, we are doing what? Walking. Somebody say walking in power. So vital we know this. It's so vital we are conscious of it. It's so vital we, we practice it. Above all, verse 16, the next one, taking what? The shield of faith. The next one is faith. Use your faith. That's how you, you use power. Use your faith. 
Walk in faith. Stand in faith. I gave the example of I was going to the hospital to see doctor, but my, I was still standing on by stripes, I'm healed. Only God knows how many times I quoted and meditated and recited that text that morning. Use it. You'll be able to quench the fairy darts of the enemy. There are so many things we can teach about the old story, but I want to, let, let's look at what we should turn on, what we should put on. Verse 17. Again, there are two here. Very, very important. Take, what's the first one? Helmet of what? Salvation. The second one, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So your head, he said, like a helmet. You know how Okada rider we put helmet on his head to protect his head. That's how salvation should be for you. We talk about it a lot in church. I talk about the assurance of salvation. You should be assured that you are saved. You are not condemned. You hear some Christians be thinking about, ah, God, hellfire. That we, we, are we going to make heaven? Are we, those are not things that we should be walking in. That's not the kind of consciousness. I hope I'm making sense to somebody this morning. And he's telling you that when you walk around with an assurance of salvation, like a helmet, somebody puts on a helmet, he's now ready to ride his bike with confidence. At least I have protection. Even if my bike should crash, the vital part of my body, my head, and all the other guards will protect me. That's how a believer should be walking around in this world. I am saved. I am covered. I have a savior. If I die, I'm not going to hell. And that is walking in power. Hallelujah. Praise God. I love the second one. He said, the sword of the spirit, and he defined what the sword of the spirit is, which is what? The word of God. This even helps us to understand, again, the way he's using it here and the way he mentioned truth. Because both the word of God and the sword of the spirit and the truth, they all come from the same place, the word of God. But he's distinguishing them here. So number one is I should know the truth of God's position in whatever situation I find myself in. No matter what I'm hearing, no matter what I'm seeing, this is the real truth. This is the cocoa. Then he's now telling us here is use the word of God like a sword. There are two different things he's saying here. This is really emphasizing the place of speaking the word. Declaring the word, confessing the word, like we do in church practically every week. It says when you do that, you are walking in power. You are releasing power like a sword. Hallelujah. And I love it. He said the sword of the spirit. So the believer that speaks the word, declares the word, and that's what the emphasis is here, is someone that releases power. The opposite is also true. The believer that does not speak the word, declare the word, is not releasing power. Not that he doesn't have it. Perhaps he doesn't know it. Or does not want to wield it. You know, you have to wield the sword. You can keep a sword in its sheath and it's covered. It's not doing anything for you. You can pull it out and use it when you need to use it. So it's not enough to just know the truth. I know that it is God's will for me to be rich. I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like Philippians chapter 2 say, I mean, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tells us. 
or chapter 8. That he was rich for my sake. He became poor. I know it. I know it. But it's not that you don't just know it. Say it. Are you still here? What are we talking about? We are talking about walking in power. The power of God overshadowing you. Like Gabriel told Mary. And what Paul is doing for us here in simple terms. Again, you look at the people he was writing to. He used that metaphor of a Roman soldier. The uniform of a Roman soldier. These people would have understood it perhaps better than us. But we can bring it into our everyday lives. I, I, I tell people when I teach things like this, the way you use your phone, the way you use your car, the way you use all the gadgets you use, that's really the analogy they are giving here. How a Roman soldier will use his sword, his helmet. Probably every Jew has seen somebody they know killed by a Roman soldier. They've heard about a battle. Because they were under the dominion of Rome at this time. They've seen a Roman soldier live. They've seen the soldier use his boots, his feet. They've seen him use his sword. They've seen him use his shield. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 18. And like I said, we all know this one. Praying always. When you pray, you release power. You walk in power. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end. With all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, my, my point as, as we begin to wrap up tonight is it's very, very simple. Please hear me, hear me. You can walk in God's power. You can. That's what I want to remind you of tonight. You can. We touched on it briefly on Sunday. I'm just going deeper. You can. If you are not, it's because something as simple, and there are many other passages we can teach. The other day, I talked about Job. And Job told us the secret to his success. Job 29. Rise up on your feet. Let's close. I want us to just spend a few minutes praying. And he, he told us that the secret, and he, if you read that Job 29, he talked about how powerful he was. How he was eyes to the blind. How he was justice for the people that were strutting down. And he said, because I was a benevolent person. I used my money and my wealth to help other people, and that was how I accessed divine power. That's another way to activate power. Being generous with what you have. Hallelujah. Please let me turn to three people tonight. Tell them you can walk in God's power. Three people, just three people. You can walk in God's power. Please let me ask them, if you are not walking in power, now say this to one person, just one person, if you are not walking in power, why? 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 Is it that you can't wear helmets? Is it that you can't use belts? Is it that you can't wear shoes? If I'm looking at you physically, you have all these things already. If you can do it physically, how can you do it spiritually? Is it that you can't speak? Think about it. You can walk in power. Is it that you can't acknowledge truth? If you can believe a lie and acknowledge a lie, you can acknowledge the truth. Just swing to the other side. Praise God. There's no reason why any believer should not be powerful. There's none. There's none. And without the power of God, 
we can't move from where we are and cover the ground in the gaps we see in our lives and arrive at, we have embraced the image, but we, we won't get there. But thank God that will not be our story. Lift your hands and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Come on, somebody use your mouth with us tonight. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me now. That is the truth. That is my truth. I am walking in divine power. I am living in divine power concerning every area of my life. I'm walking in truth. I'm walking in righteousness. I'm walking in the gospel of peace. I'm walking with the helmet of salvation. I'm using the sword of the spirit and I'm using prayer. I'm activating every PowerPoint available to me and revealed to me in scriptures to engage the power of God on my journey to becoming the person you've called me to be. And I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that even as I pray tonight, I am empowered afresh. I am strengthened afresh. I am refreshed from within by you right now in the name of Jesus. Let us pray in the Holy Ghost. Let us pray in the Holy The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.